Lane meets Clark Kent. I love it. I love bringing people together. How are we? Lex. Hi, hello. Lex, it is a pleasure. Ow, wow, that is a good grip. You should not pick a fight with this person. I'm Griffin. I'm Molly. And we're going into the Superverse. Well, it wasn't as bad as we dreaded it would be. No, it really wasn't. And for the third time through, I think I'm finding some sort of newfound appreciation for the good parts. But I still got a lot to bitch about. And I'm ready to prepare my argument anti-Batman. Okay. In this week's episode on... Batman v Superman. Dawn, Dawn of Justice. What are you <laughs> Oh, no, please don't let me stop you. Dawn of Justice. Thank you, thank you. Yes. I just wanted to be dramatic. It, it's what this movie deserves. And we are here. Yeah, we are We are finally following up on Man of Steel and uh, getting a look into the insane second step that Warner Brothers and Zack Snyder thought was appropriate for kickstarting a cinematic universe. That's right. We get We get a lot in this movie, don't we? We get to watch the Waynes die again. We get to watch... We get to watch a lot of shit. Yeah, we get another Batman. Well, we get... and let's, let's... Well, I guess we can just start there, because that's literally the first scene of the movie. We, the very dramatic, but brief retelling of Bruce Wayne's right. origin. Yeah, I mean, I actually... So, I'm like, whatever, on getting another origin story, but I thought this was beautifully done. It was very visually pleasant. I liked that it was like during the credits and like the music behind it was really good. Um, I just wanted to say real briefly, though, like we really get the Zack Snyder of it all in this movie. Oh, yeah. He is not hiding his style here. In fact, he's slapping you over the face with it. <laughs> Which is fine, but it's honestly, this is the first time I've watched this movie since we saw Justice League and getting to see his version of Justice League. And it really made me like more aware of Zack Snyder as a director. Like, I think the first time I saw this, I didn't really think much of like what he was bringing to it. I was more just like, yeah, whatever. It's another... I don't really care about this movie. It's another Batman thing, like, whatever. Um, but having the context of him getting his, like, four-and-a-half-hour epic, I was like, this movie makes more sense now to me. I agree. And, like, I've always kind of thought that Snyder is a style-over-substance filmmaker. And, like, I am only saying that as somebody that, as far as Zack Snyder goes, I've only seen this Man of Steel and Justice League. I haven't seen 300 and I haven't seen Sucker Punch or like the other ones that he's done, but I know that like that's kind of what he does. He's very flashy. I would say like 65% of this movie, he did a good balance of style and substance. Yeah. I mean, that's putting it, I wouldn't go as far as 65%. But really? I guess he's doing a lot of storytelling, but I guess like, that's not as good as like towards the end of the movie I like totally check out like the doomsday fight like I just don't give a shit that's the worst part of the movie to me yeah but even there like the the visuals I enjoy like the fighting and like how he does like the slow-mo and he does like these like 
focus pulling shots of when Wonder Woman and Superman are flying, and I think that is very cool, but I could not give less of a shit about, like, what is yeah. being conveyed by those shots. I guess 65% is generous because I don't really care for the story that's being told, or at least I don't think it's been done well. I had it in my notes a couple of times where I thought it could have been done differently and maybe better, but I'm sure we'll get to that, but yeah. Absolutely. The, the But the beginning is very... I think was a cool Zack Snyder touch on like this really sad thing with like the music and like the close up on like the pearls. Like I thought that all worked really nicely. Yeah. Like I agree. I, I did kind of like do like the obligatory eye roll. Like this movie started pre-production a year after the Dark Knight Rises came out. But at the same time, if they're having to make the assumption that they want to get, like, new fans, which is, like, everyone knows Batman, but not a lot of people went to go see Batman Begins, I guess. So they're like, we got to do this again, just so everybody remembers. I don't like, though, that he didn't tell a new story. It is literally the same thing that was in Batman Begins. He had no new take on it, no new version like, literally down to the pearls falling and breaking. Like, that is from Batman Begins. Well, that's from, like, that's, like, from the original comic. Like, that's, that's like, iconic Batman imagery. So I wouldn't say that that's, like, directly aping Batman Begins. I think that's just him, like, wanting to... I guess, but even, like, so Batman Begins did, like, a slightly different version than, I think, the... Um, flashback we get in the 90s ones and I think even I don't think we get a flashback in the Batman but we get do we get like reference to the scene not I mean only insofar as like he got we know that his parents got killed but no I just feel like we've seen different versions of like one Thomas Wayne and how he responds yeah um which has been done differently yeah for Um, sure and like, just slightly different. Like, I get it. Like, they... But, like, I think you could upgrade it, well, I so guess. what I think is, like, a missed opportunity and, like, something that never really was able to be addressed later on if they were even planning on filling in the gaps was, like, this... The the version of Batman that we see in the movie is, like, is different. He's, he's older and he's been through stuff that the other Batman portrayals on screen haven't addressed. He has this history with the Joker. And at one point there was a Robin and the Robin is now dead. Whoever, whichever version of Robin it was. We know that in this series. Yeah. I knew about the Joker thing, but I didn't realize about. So like that Robin. was, that was the Robin suit in his bat cave that says like, that has the jo- like jokes on you. Uh, like that's very much. I like, didn't understand that. In keeping with the Batman comic continuity where the Joker like kills one of the versions of Robin and, like, that is all very fascinating, but it's it's a shame that, like, like I and I, I still think Ben Affleck does a good job of, like, portraying, like, a bitter, uh, bitter Batman who's, like, been through shit, but like, I wish we could have seen some of that shit, because I think part of the reason why the, the graphic novel that he pulled a lot from, which The Dark Knight Returns, is, like, that was expounding on, like, a lot of comics that came before it which made it more impactful and it had more time to focus on batman himself like going through like some shit mentally like deciding that he's fine with killing people now and stuff like that and this movie like crams in so much shit i i mean i like that it's a mystery like i think that's cool that we don't know what happened but specifically with robin like we in our 
you know, again, since the 90s movies, no film version has really done a Robin. Like, we get a little bit of it, obviously, in Batman versus, or um, Batman and Robin and Batman Forever, but not, like, really. Like, we don't really get to see a good Robin. We definitely don't get to see, like, a Nightwing version of Robin. Um, So if they had done more with that, it wouldn't be, like, they're, you know, using, like, the same territory over and over again. Um, But I think it could have left it open that if they wanted to do, not necessarily, like, a pre, like, not an origin story, but, like, a prequel to this, they could have. Yeah. And maybe even, like, the Batman was supposed to tie in more with some of that storytelling. And, like, I hope that the Batman, if they're going to make another one, they do a real Robin story. That would be interesting. Because I, I, we have yet to see a good one, or any, really. I mean, again, yeah. I know we have Batman and Robin, but do we do we really have it? Yeah. It would be really <laughs> cool. I mean, I, I have no idea like if they're interested in trying to tell that story in the universe that they've created in that movie. But, I mean, I get why they did what they did here, because to tell this story, they needed Batman to be like, like in a certain place, like morally and mentally like because i don't think like a fresh or at least like somewhat of a batman that still has a sense of who he is would react to superman like this so they needed him to be like i've been through too much i'm not gonna leave anything to chance here so like fuck it and have alfred be the one being like you're like i know like what's going on and like you're making a mistake like he's not like, he wouldn't have to do that if, if Batman was in, like, a right mind, kind of. And I think this kind of gets at the crux of why I don't like Ben Affleck's Batman specifically. Because I think on in writing, that is the story being told that, like, he's not okay. He's, like, going through this, like, tough time. But, like, visually, the Batman and Bruce Wayne that we're seeing through Ben Affleck is a very put-together man who has, like, his shit together. Like, I never feel like... Ben Affleck is scared or is worried for real about like what's happening. He just seems so like in control, making decisions, like not really doubting himself. Even at the end when he like abruptly is like, you know, moms, man, we got to go save them. Like, and maybe, and again, that might be just Ben Affleck's acting. Again, I don't like Ben Affleck's Batman. I don't get anything from him. Like the beginning where, um, we get his version of, like, you know, Superman, um, Man of Steel. He's, like, sleeves rolled up, like, as Bruce Wayne, like, jumping into action, trying to, like, save the day. Like, he looks so put together, not really that phased. And I, I that's what I noticed the most during this movie is, like, how unfazed he is. And maybe, like, that's him being jaded, but it didn't come across acting-wise that he was jaded. They were telling us he was. Well, I get that. that. I get that. And I also like am for the sake of the character willing to discard that when he's Bruce Wayne, because like that's like I think what I'm putting um, words in Zack Snyder's mouth, I guess. But like it's the inverse of what we see in the Batman where that that Bruce Wayne has not figured out how to create this public persona for himself as a as a person that is not spending all of his time fighting crime at night and staying in his basement. He is going out and he looks like shit and he's depressed all the time. And everybody's like, this guy's a weirdo. You're talking about the Batman. Yeah. And this Bruce Wayne is someone that despite 
like having lost faith in like his crusade as the Batman, like as the, the superhero Batman still has this Bruce Wayne persona practiced to a T that he doesn't let up on. So that's the way I see it. Like, that's why he's so put together, even though, yeah, like in the more important half of his life or 90% of his life, he is like experiencing a total like loss of faith, basically. I guess, but I guess when we see him as Batman, which is honestly not that often in this movie, it doesn't seem like it. Yeah, I I agree. And like, I still, I came out of this movie still liking Ben Affleck's Batman and Bruce Wayne, but I totally get what you're saying. I, and yeah, I think he made some acting choices that you, that you mentioned. I'm also going to put it on the writing and the way that the story like shifts, I think does him like a really big disservice on like yeah, continuity I'm, with his character. I'm honestly willing to forgive like the end part, especially cause I don't think that's his fault, but I just mean like, and I like what you're saying about like, this is an in like it is like different than the other Batman Bruce's that we've seen where like his Bruce side has figured it out. I mean, I guess in some ways like that's not that interesting to me, but I would just say there's not enough of a juxtaposition because I'd like to see him out of control. Like we get this whole, which I want to delve really into this whole branding plot, but it's still as Batman feels like very controlled, very much like I have a plan, even though like it doesn't really seem like he does like, Again, at no point am I, am I, like, scared of him as Batman. Like, I'm not like, oh, you're out of control. Even though, like, you are out of control. Like, Clark is, again, telling us, but I don't feel that from him. Yeah, I agree. I mean... I'm like, who are we rooting for? Right. Like, the whole movie, I'm like, are we supposed to be on Ben Bat's side or not? I don't think it's... I don't <laughs> think the movie's trying to tell us either way, and I don't know if that's good or bad. I think it's extremely leaving it up to the viewer because of the way the movie's framed it's framed as a batman movie it seems like we're supposed to be on batman's side but at no point am i rooting for a ben bat but i'm not really rooting I, for superman either i don't i never took it as like you're supposed to be on batman's side because everybody is telling bruce that he's wrong like alfred is like dude chill the fuck out and we get much more sympathetic scenes with clark yeah, I guess it's not that I don't. Yeah, I don't. I agree. I don't think the movie's telling us, but it is from his point of view. Definitely. Yeah. It's, which it's is framed weird. that way. Yeah, I guess. Which I, I'm fine with it being weird and like that's not normal. But like I was kind of confused on like what the what we were supposed to be like being the story being told. I yeah. guess. Um, and as far as like uh, Batman being put together, I, I think if I remember the comic that there's a couple comics that this movie really took heavy inspiration from. And in one of them, it's like still an older Batman and he is pissed off and he has lost faith in the justice system and his ability to bring justice to people the way he's been doing. So he's like going out and he's killing people and he's like almost like suicidal in the way that he's like going after like his enemies. And in that story, it's like, you know, it's completely out there. It's not a grounded Batman story. Like the city is like filled with like these mutants and stuff and, it's a mess, but you get it. It's very clear that he has abandoned his own like sense of like he doesn't care like yeah, about himself no living compass. or dying, right? Yeah. So we don't get enough time of of this Batman who've really seen that, except for like what you're saying, how they try to do it with this branding thing. But like that all feels like very intentional right. and not out of control. Yeah. 
Um, I think it would have been interesting to see like them, someone in the town of Gotham trying to put out the bat signal and he's just ignoring it because he's like, whatever, it's just going to be more criminals. Like he has a couple of lines that are good. Like, you know, criminals are like weeds. Like they're just going to keep coming up. Like what we're doing is doesn't matter. Like, again, he's saying that. And then one of the best lines I think he says is like about being older than his father ever was and like... And what do I have to show for it, kind of? I think that was, like, the sentiment of it. Yeah. And I thought that was an impactful line. But, again, that was his Bruce Wayne. <laughs> right. I mean, and I could say this for so many different parts of this movie, but this is a sign that this was not the right choice for a second movie in this franchise. If they knew that they wanted to introduce a Batman, it would have been so much more impactful to establish this version of Batman in his own movie. Yeah, I think Batman is only Batman because of his backstory. Like, Superman can be Superman, and you don't give a shit about his backstory because, well, one, we all know it, and it's not that, like, interesting. It's like, okay, he's an alien. Kryptonite's no longer there. He grew up on a farm. Got it. Like, we don't need that much, and he doesn't have much of a personality, or at least this version doesn't. Um but, like, Batman is who he is because of his backstory. And I do think every time you tell a new Batman story, you need to establish his backstory for this context of this movie. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I totally agree. And I, I just think that in a movie and cinematic universe full of missed opportunities, this might have been the first and one of the bigger ones. I think there is a lot of potential here. And I am still mad, like I said on the Batman episode that we did, that we will never get to see Matt Reeves' vision for this version of Batman, because I think that would have been very interesting, whether it was a prequel or a sequel. I think he was supposed to go up against the version of Deathstroke that we saw at the end of the theatrical cut of Justice League, which would have been really oh, cool, right. because he, Lex Luthor, like, reveals that his name is Bruce Wayne, and that's like a whole thing. You know, I'm obviously not upset about what we got, but... But he For, says Bruce Wayne in this movie. Oh, wait, what? Jesse Eisenberg oh, knows that it's Bruce Wayne in this movie. Yeah, but he well, he tells it to Deathstroke. Oh. Um Yeah, I mean I'm not I'm not mad about what we got, but like in a in a movie with a lot of missed opportunities, it's hard for me not to be like, damn, like it's what we could have gotten. But um one final well, for me at least one final like pin on the opening credits which yes we haven't gotten past the opening credits um is that like the other part that felt like slightly contrived is just that like the only spoken part is him saying martha because it's like we gotta remember that her name is yeah martha. i had a note it's on that too pivotal for the movie like, you're gonna really need to remember this in two hours and don't uh, you forget it three hours this was a three-hour movie well i was gonna i'm giving them the benefit of the doubt that the martha exchange happens about half an hour to 40 minutes before oh the movie right ends. true so, true true You're and right. for the viewers or listeners at home we have watched the ultimate edition i've only ever seen the ultimate edition same for both of us we've never watched the theatrical cut of this movie and i have no interest in ever doing so because every time that I see, like, what they cut, they cut half an hour of footage, and the producers of the movie were like, that was an act of sabotage by the studio. <laughs> I, 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 like, I, this movie is obviously, like, a bit messy and chaotic, and it has a lot of shit crammed into it, and I cannot fathom much of what they could cut 
I know that they cut the Jimmy Olsen thing from the theatrical cut. That's the only thing I can remember. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, interesting. Uh, well, I mean, they, this is, and you've brought this up several times, is that this is DC's problem is that they don't spend the time creating their own stories. We talked about this in Justice League. So they're cramming so much into one movie, which is why it's like the length of two movies instead of just making two movies. But I guess they're like just worried that the, they're going to get the plug pulled that like they don't have the backing like Marvel gave to their movies to be like, we're going to invest in setting this up and you can take as many movies as you need. I don't know if they just don't have that backing in DC that they're like, we're not going to be patient because we have to compete with Marvel. So we, we don't have the um, like benefit of being able to like lay this out how we want. They had like already fucked up in 2016, and now in hindsight, it's like even worse because if they had taken their time with it and used a timeline along what Marvel had for establishing phase one into Avengers, which wasn't that many movies, they could be like currently as we speak or in the last couple of years, maybe COVID probably would have fucked it up. They could have been building to a big finale that would have taken up like like the Justice League could have after, been huge. Like after Infinity War and Endgame came out, it's like, okay, like we've had that grand finale for the MCU for now. And now we get to look over here and they're doing this big Justice League thing. Yeah. Yeah. And instead they they blew it. But I Marvel did have the benefit of doing it first. Yeah. And it's hard to follow it up because everyone's going to be scrutinizing it. And so people, I don't think audiences would have been patient with it yeah like they would have lost numbers and then they would have been like well maybe this isn't worth it i mean i think it would have been in the really long run but i'm sure in like the movie business like they just can't take that risk i guess no they were just scrambling i mean it didn't pay off i don't i don't know what would have been a better solution because i i don't think the marvel model works for them and and we've said this before i don't I don't want two carbon copies of yeah. the same universe. <laughs> well, they should have taken option B, just make better movies. <laughs> Easy. Um, so let's get past the opening. So we've gotten through the credits. We've gotten through, we talked about Bruce Wayne being in Metropolis. Uh, and no one in Wayne Tower wants to leave. They're all just hanging out. I'm like, yo, if I see lasers shooting from the sky, I am getting to the ground. Right. Yesterday, we're in a post 9 11 world. We're getting like, out get of the, the building. fuck out of there. And who the duck is Jack? Like, why do we care about Jack? I, I just like we're we're being told to care about these people that we've never met before because this is our first Batman introduction. And I don't have I'm not feeling the way that Batman's feeling. I'm not feeling the weight of what has happened. Yeah, it's this, this just some guy. Like, I don't, I don't know. I felt it more when we watched Man of Steel. I was like, oh, man, this is rough. Like all of these buildings. But like they narrowed in on two characters that were impacted by the Superman, quote unquote, attack. And therefore, I didn't care. Yeah, that was a mistake. Like, so many people were getting killed, so I don't know why we didn't just, like, zero in on, like, all of the carnage happening around Bruce and not just, like, a couple Wayne Enterprises employees. I mean, like, when he sees, like, the little girl and, like, the mom is clearly just, like, dead in the wreckage of the tower. Like, that that was fairly effective for me, but I agree about the Jack thing. I don't, I don't care about Jack. And I don't really care about Wally or whatever his name is. I don't understand the line where he says, whatever you say, boss. Like, 
Because did he get his name wrong? Is that what that's supposed to mean? No, I mean, I think, no. I, <laughs> I Do think, you know what I'm talking about? The line where he's like... He was, he was like, you're the boss. No, I think he's just, that guy's supposed to just be like a loyal employee. I guess. But like, I don't think he was delivering that line with sarcasm. Because he says, like, you, your name's Wally, right? Or your friends call you Wally? Well, he has a name tag. Yeah. Or something. So he's like, Wallace, like, they call you Wally, right? Well, yeah, I don't get what you're and then I think I thought I took that as like no, nobody calls me Wally, but you're the boss, like so you can call me Wally, like. I mean, I guess I don't also, know. Like, I don't, I don't get, know. Like, I I didn't even like remember that line. I it's mean, a weird line to me. It, it is. I think they were just trying to establish that like Bruce having like rapport with this guy or like his employees, I guess. Yeah. Because I think like I don't know that was it's. That whole plot with him is kind of weird. I mean, I think it's it, it plays into Lex's plot pretty cleverly, but... I think it falls flat because I don't think they followed through with it. Yeah. I don't... I, like a lot well, of stuff. Like a lot of stuff in this movie. I think I'll come back to that. So, like, it starts to get real chaotic, like, early on because I think this movie has a lot of... The first, like, ten minutes is, like, you're, this has a lot of promise. We have the opening credits. We have the thing in Metropolis, and you, you understand like what Batman's drive in this movie is going to be. It's like he's worried, and he's like witnessed the destruction of this firsthand. You know, he's going to blame Superman for it. And then immediately, we get like the kryptonite being dug out of the ocean with like no dialogue, really, just being like, "All right, we found it." I'm like, "Okay." I didn't and then mind we that. immediately go to Lois in Africa, and I'm like. What is, like, we don't even see, we don't see Superman for, unless it's, like, you know, the Metropolis thing, until a significant chunk of the movie, which I guess is on purpose, but it just felt like they were, they ping-ponged a bit. They did, but I, in hindsight, after, actually, after you just laid it out like that, we're getting Lex Luthor's plan. Yeah. Right there. I guess so, yeah, that's true. We're getting the public opinion about the incident, we're getting the kryptonite, and then we're getting, like, what's going to, like, get politics involved, I guess, or get, like, a domino to fall, which is, like, the stuff in yeah what, wherever they are. Um, I got to say, when we first watched this, I, I watched this back in whenever the Ultimate Edition came out. The This went completely over my head. Like, the whole, like, setup thing. Like, later... It's way when too they were, complicated. When they were explaining it later, like, after the woman has the bullet, I was like, yo, like, what, <laughs> what did I miss? And I think my friend that I was watching it with, we were both like, <laughs> hold up, we need to pause. We need to figure this out. Like, it's good, but they did one too many things. Like, I don't think they needed the woman addressing Congress and the bullet and, like... The, the sunglasses the guy. Yeah, like, there was just one too many things to, like, do a red herring. Yeah. That I was like, no, we're already not following, so you don't need to throw another, like, <laughs> It's so caveat. convoluted. And it, it kind of makes sense that someone like Lex would go to such great lengths to, like, make it, like, just to try to, like, obfuscate it. But as a viewer, I'm like, I just needed, like, two things. We didn't need to go that deep. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think at the beginning, it's good to be confused and to not really know how this is going to be impactful later. Yes, that is true. 
like how they just start shooting like each other we're like okay what's going on is amy adams okay yeah (laughs) right um i agree i don't know if she's a good journalist she gets there and immediately (laughs) says are you a terrorist and i don't know i'm not a journalist my sister and brother-in-law are I don't know if that's how they'd start an interview, but they're also not uh, war journalists. Um, yeah, I have my doubts. Also, I don't think that this is how this would go down, where she is a company. It's just her and a photographer and their translator. She doesn't have her own translator, which would never happen. I know that much, at least. And, like, presumably the U.S. government doesn't know she's there. Like... I, again, this is not important, but, like, logistics matter. (laughs) Uh, yeah. No, I... Like, it seems like she lands in wherever they are. Like, I don't think they ever say... It says it's, like, somewhere in North Africa. Yeah. Lands there and immediately, like, gets a car to, I guess, a terrorist, because that's what she's asking. Yeah, I don't know what the fuck is going on there. And then this whole thing with Jimmy Olsen as the CIA agent. So, in a vacuum, interesting concept. You know, embedded spy as a journalist. He's got his uh, very indiscreet tracking device. Why is it? Why does it blink light? CIA, you couldn't have fixed that. I mean, it it's was from it the seventies, buried inside the camera. Um, but good on sunglasses, guy. He don't fuck around. No, he, he knew. He knew what he was doing. But I got to say, like, to me, this scene tells me that Zack Snyder had no, like, plans for the future of Superman as a character. Because, like, I can only name so many side characters from, like, Superman, you know? There's not that many people. And Jimmy Olsen is one of those people. <laughs> So they introduce Jimmy Olsen and then instantly kill him. Yeah. So I'm also, like, what, was there no plan for a Superman sequel? Like, or we're not we're not doing that anymore, right? Like, there's no daily plan. Look, it's just Perry. Zack Snyder doesn't like Superman because he's too happy. He's too hopeful. Um, but I don't know why they it needed this. Like, it actually makes sense that the theatrical cut, I guess, um, didn't have this because it has no bearing on the no, whole story. It does not matter at all. Like. Okay, so the CIA's there, and they're willing to kill Lois Lane, and so that's why Superman comes. Like, I felt like I was watching, like, a different movie when it's like, I'm a, I'm a CIA agent. I'm like, what is what was the plan here? Also, there's no reason to nuke them or whatever they're doing. Not nuke, but, like... Just bomb them? They send the bombs in just because they figured out they, that you sent a CIA agent in? Like... Well, to me, that's like, we can't risk this getting out to anybody because it can compromise other people. But again, that's like a plot point from like a spy thriller movie that we are very tangentially a part of for one scene. And then the rest of that story is happening elsewhere. Right. They already have their like Calvary on camels coming in. Like, that's who you're sending. These guys. Like, these guys are from a different movie. Well, yeah, but I like them. (laughs) I would like to watch that movie. Yes, that would be great. Can we can we get a Jimmy Olsen spy spinoff? No, movie? not Jimmy Olsen. Cavalry. What's his name? Cobra or whatever his name is, and he was like wanted to save Amy Adams, and I want to see that romance blossom. Well, 
We, we have no choice but to hashtag restore the Snyderverse. I don't remember if his name is Cobra, but it's something like that. Sounds right. He has like a code name and he's like lead camel guy. Lead camel guy. I think they're on horseback, but I would prefer it to be really on, fast in camels. the rewrite. They will be on camels. <laughs> camels are really fast. Well, <laughs> nature facts. When they want to be. <laughs> Thank you. We need the context. Now, this scene does present literally, this is like not, this is, I say this in earnest, like my favorite line. One of the, I guess it's like the terrorist guy. Oh no, it's like the, his like second in command. He says, ignorance is not the same as innocence. And I, he says that to Amy Adams because he's, she's like, I didn't know which he's like, okay, but you're innocent. You're being ignorant on it doesn't mean that you're innocent. Like, you're still part of the problem. <laughs> like, he used you to get in here. Um, and I just thought that was a really good line. Terrorist man dropping truth bombs. Not regular bombs this time. You're looking at me funny. Do you think that's a dumb line? No, I think oh. it's, like, I just didn't remember movie. it at all and i'm like yeah that's a good line but like again like is that supposed to like imp does that mean something for the movie at large like could we apply that to anything here i don't think so i didn't actually usually i do kind of you know think about a theme that is not the theme of this movie yeah um, someone wrote that and they were I like just it's a good line. line yeah yeah so my next note because i guess we we go from that scene and we go into gotham where we get these cops watching a football game. And I'm like, I, it seems that Gotham's football team is canonically garbage. Uh, well, we don't get... know how that one game ended because Bane ruined it. That's true. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, maybe all universe Gotham had a good team, but this one got like a shutout and it was embarrassing. But those cops weren't going to go do their jobs until that game ended. So it, it had to had to come to an end. And this is where we get our first look into the whole deal with Batman branding criminals. What do you have to say about this? I don't understand what we're doing here with the branding. So this is, sounds like it's kind of a recent thing that Batman interrogates somebody. He's disposable now and he wants the cops to like finish the job. And so he, but then he also wants the other criminals to finish the job. So he brands somebody that he has dealt with. And then when they go to jail, they get killed. And I don't understand why the other criminals in Gotham are motivated to kill a branded criminal. Like, what? Well, I just, I was wondering the same thing. And that, wait, did I recap that correctly? You absolutely did, because we see that series of events play out. I think the reason why he's doing this and why they uh, fucking shiv that guy in jail is because they know that this person talked about something. Like, if Batman is interrogating you, you're probably going to, like, give up some information on something that you weren't supposed to give up information on. And the branding is proof that that happened. It's irrefutable. Like, and even if they don't know that they snitched, they know that he had an encounter with Batman, which means he probably snitched, and that's enough. But then why is Batman doing that? He is discouraging people from snitching. Well, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I think he's just doing it because he's 
sadistic. Well, I think he's doing it because he doesn't want to kill anybody, but he wants them to be killed. Yeah, he does want them to be killed. Also, I think it's also just, he is, it is discouraging the snitching, but I also think he maybe in a way is just like trying to discourage people from like even, like they see like that's happening and they just like get out maybe. Maybe they're like, he's trying to like instill so much fear in them. It's like the the early uh, Robert Pattinson Batman in the movie before he yeah. sees the air of his ways. He's just like, I'm going to just like, inflict horror on these people and like even like further in that scene like when the cops find him and he's like doing a very questionable job of like hiding in the corner and then like swoops out of the building it's like selling him is like scary like he's supposed to be like this yeah on paper didn't really come off like that but i yeah i just i i don't think that it's working (laughs) and the only other reason I was like, it's maybe it's like, because this guy was literally like trafficking women, that it's like, I'm branding like the ones that are really bad. Kind of how like, even like, no matter what, like pedophiles are going to get like fucked up in prison because like, ev- like, it, or at least in movies, it's like implied that like, even if people in jail, like, won't tolerate that kind of thing. Like, right. even though I might have killed somebody, I'm not going to tolerate a pedophile or whatever. Like, that's kind of also maybe, like, the implication. Because we don't know who else was branded, right? We know that guy was. Was anyone else? I don't know if we see anybody else, but it's yeah. implied. Well, I mean, yeah, like, I know we it's know implied that-, that other people are, but is it just, like, the really bad ones? Or is it literally anybody that he... Yeah, we don't takes down quote unquote yeah i mean i'm i just like looked into it and uh i mean someone had the same theory as you it's like the only specific people that we see him brand i don't know if it's one or two or or what they're one and the same it's a child predator and a human trafficker so this person's like we can assume that he's branding the worst of the worst and people like that do tend to get attacked in prison um someone else is just like it's a psychological thing so, like, the criminals, like, will always, like, see that and be, like, maybe I shouldn't do what I'm about to do. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, like, in that sense, like, the psychological thing, it's supposed to be, well, like, what the sign in the sky is. But they don't utilize that. Except for, like, at the very end when he's about to, like, go on his mission, he puts out the bat signal, which makes no sense. No, it does not. No, also, it does not. I'm going to just say it now, and I hope not to say it again, but I do not like the bat in this. It's a chunky bat. You can barely tell what it is. And on the floodlight, it's too it t- big. It takes up the it's whole too thing. chunky. It's like a blob in the sky. There's not like enough. A bat. Like... Yeah, I, I am not a fan. And it's on his chest. So I'm like, why are we doing this chunky looking bat? Big boy bat. They had to do it for the logo so the Superman logo could fit in it. I feel like that was the only reason. And it was a mistake. <laughs> um, on a bright note, though, Jeremy Irons as Alfred. I'm a big fan. I really like him. I do question, like, what the ages are supposed to be. Because he and uh, Ben Affleck are, like, compadres. They are. So I was, trying to, I was trying to figure out... Um, contemporaries, also compadres, but they're like they're contemporaries. Contemporary, contemporary compadres. <laughs> Say that five times. I will fast. not. They mention at some point, like, the 
uh, death date of Martha when he go, goes back to the mausoleum, and it's like somewhere in the early 80s. And at that time, I don't know, how old are we to assume Bruce Wayne is when his parents like get killed? nine. Right. So what is that? I can't do math. If he's nine in the early 80s, then he's like what? Is he supposed to be in his 40s? Let's say in this, yeah, like late 40s. And if I'm to buy Alfred being like having that role with the Waynes and also taking into account his backstory of being like ex like special forces, maybe I would say he's like late 20s, 30 when he is when he's taking over after the Waynes. I guess. But that's really young to be like a butler. Yeah, but, like, it was a little less of that nature in The Batman. But, like, um, why did I just forget his name? Why the fuck did I just forget? Andy Serkis, to me, doesn't come across as that old. I think they definitely play him up as being older. But, like, Robert Pattinson's young. Yeah, yeah. That age difference definitely works better. But it's not a big deal because, again, like like you, I like the actor, but I was like, well, Ben Affleck is like old and like, where's his age? Yeah. <laughs> um, and um, I think that what what is his name? Jeremy he, Irons. Jeremy Irons. I keep on saying Jeremy Strong. And I'm like, no, different movie. Um, Jeremy Irons, I think, looks younger than he is. Yeah. So Jeremy Irons is 24 years older than Ben Affleck. IRL. IRL. Interesting. So. I, you know, you mix the ages up a little bit, but I agree. Like he, it comes off as like a Batman this long in his career should have like a decrepit Alfred. Like he should have the Michael Caine. Alfred to be decrepit, not decrepit, but but older. Like Michael Caine would make sense for this. Right, right. Michael Caine, I think, would make more sense for this than it did in like his movies. Well, I like see Michael Caine's story was that he had been with them for generations. Yes, like he had taken care of Thomas Wayne when he was a baby. That made sense. So. But yeah, I, I like how he's just like a very, he's very stern and like, yes, obviously he's still helping Batman like with his crusade, but he's not letting him forget that he might be making some mistakes in his own way. And then like, you know, yeah. he never really got enough time on screen in this movie or in Justice League, but like, I like when he pops up in Justice League, it was very entertaining. I feel like he was in it the right amount, like... He acts as a mentor when Ben is asking for it, but knows that if he's not asking for it, he's not going to really listen. Yeah, that's true. And, and like, you right. can tell that they've been working together a long time on this. Yeah. And, like, knows when he's needed. He eavesdrops and then, like, decides. Not, like, eavesdrops in a, you know, nefarious way. Yeah. But, like. He monitors. And yeah. he'll, he'll jump in when he knows that he needs to jump in. Um, Do you want to talk about... Mr. Luther. Yeah. Mr. Eisenberg. I do want to talk about it. Because my note here was, well, first I was like, what is this whole thing about the white Portuguese bringing a dirty bomb into Gotham? Like, did I forget a plot? And then I was like, oh, no. Like, that's just cover for, like, what he's doing. And I knew about that. What kind of name is that for a boat anyway? I don't know. But I was also like, I'm going to have to let Jesse Eisenberg's Lex simmer for the rest of this movie. And I did. And... I still come out of this being like, he was not the right choice. I see what he was trying to do, but I still, to me, in this movie, wasn't it. 
I was really excited about Jesse Eisenberg playing Lex Luthor. I thought when it was first announced, when we first see him, I was like, this is going to be great. And I was really disappointed. And especially watching it this time, I was really like on high alert for it. And I don't I don't get what he's doing I kind of felt like he was just like an elevated version of his character Mark Zuckerberg in the social network like kind of just an asshole and like a little I guess manic but not even like I don't know I yeah he was doing like this neurotic kind of like almost jokerish like tics yeah like like a lot of like vocal inflections and like stutterings and and just like hyper active kind like, of and like I, I mean like when I say I get like I really mean like I in a way could buy that someone like this is like very smart and like can build a business or at least run a business because it was his dad that built LexCorp I don't know if that's the normal background or not yeah. I feel like it probably is but like fitting into this story and this narrative like it was just not the right call for him to be acting like this no I mean Lex is supposed to be really smart really calculated and I think really put together like you don't know that this guy is unhinged he's not supposed to be the joker like and I think he is kind of doing like some version of that yeah and like his plan that he executes is takes like utmost precision there's so many moving parts so like the story is telling us that this guy is precise and calculating and evil and is able to mastermind this plan to to make batman and superman fight each other but every time we see him it's like this guy couldn't do that no like he, has, he would have no command over like this militia i guess he just has the money for it which is maybe like also like oh you don't think he's gonna be able to do it but like no, you're supposed to be, like, scared of Lex Luthor because he is, like, so far ahead. Like, there are a couple of scenes where I get, like, flashes of, like, what could have been a good performance from Jesse Eisenberg. Like, the scene where he's talking to Senator Finch and she, like, he's, like, tapping the table and she, like, stops and he, like, gets this look on his face and yeah. it's, like, very uncomfortable. And also one of the other ones that I could think of is, like, one that he's not even in the scene it's when he doesn't show up to the courthouse or to, to yeah uh, the Senate. Um, well, so that's all kind of, well, yeah. Right. So it's like, you know, he's capable and he like pulls this plan off, but like, come on. Yeah. Like he has this weird part, which I do think that that's canonical that Lex has a lot of daddy issues, but he does this whole thing. Like when daddy got out the belt, I'm like, this sounds like a Joker line. Yeah. I, did not like that. One, you're a Superman villain, so stick, stay in your lane. Yeah. <laughs> like, Honestly. Um, I don't know. I just, um, I was really disappointed. And then on top of all of that, everything was just so over the top, including his music. Like the part where he like is getting into the lab where the alien ship is, like one, the music is cranked up by like 12 <laughs> extra volumes. <laughs> And then it's just so dramatic and ridiculous. It doesn't work. Yeah, it's and too I, much. They were it's trying too- to do a music thing like with Wonder Woman too. I didn't mind it as much then, but like I was like, we get it. We do get it. And you know what? What really pissed me off is that when I was looking into some of the background on this, Brian Cranston was considered for Lex Luthor, 
And now at the time they were because clearly he was only bald. doing that. Well, he's bald. <laughs> <laughs> and they were starting casting for this movie in, like, 2013. So he was fresh off Breaking Bad. Everybody knew who he was. And, like, I don't even know if he would have been, like, the perfect choice for it. But, like, someone like I don't that, know, yeah. like, an older person coming off as, like, intimidating, I think would have been much better. I don't think it needed to be an older person, uh, especially if they wanted to do, like, he just inherited his dad's company and, like, let's see what he's going to do with it. Um, I mean, I like this, obviously I've talked about like Smallville. I like the story there that Lex and Clark are the same age. Um, but like that's, you know, that was like a very specific story that they were telling. But, um, I think that, um, Brian Cranston, I, I don't really have a thought on that, but I do think in a similar vein, like a villain like Gus is kind of like what I'd expect from a Lex Luthor in Breaking Bad. Like, very calculated, does have impassioned moments, but, like, when he does, it's, like, really scary. It's like, oh, you're out of control right now, and you're also, like, sadistic and vicious. Yeah, and he's also doing the shit, like, like donating to the police and, like, having, like, fundraisers yeah. for the DEA, like, while he's doing all this stuff, like, right under their noses, which, to me, like, sells the criminal mastermind element, not, like, what we see here. And then, like, maybe in certain times, like, you see these ticks coming out, and you're like, oh, I'm starting to see him crack. Yeah. Like, that that would be an interesting story in showing, like, Jesse Eisenberg's character cracking over time, but he starts out cracked. Yeah, he's going at, like, 200% this entire movie, so we don't have a reference point for, like, a baseline. Like, I don't really know if I like Jesse Eisenberg as an actor, yeah, I don't know either. I he's haven't had, really seen him in that much. He's done some good stuff, but like, uh, yeah, I I agree. So sorry, sorry, Jesse, if you're listening, I know you're a fan. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I was I we, like I enjoyed the movie on this viewing more than I have before, but that did not change for me outside of a few key moments, unfortunately. Um, I mean, I do think he cho- he and who you know, whoever directed it, like, chose a specific way to go with it. And I think he did a good job for what he was trying to do. I just don't think it worked in the larger story. Yeah, I agree. I absolutely agree. Now, I feel like I kind of jump around, and I mean, we're a pretty long way into this episode and have quite a bit of the movie to cover, I guess. So, I mean, I just had a couple lines that I wanted to highlight, and then we'll move on with the plot. Um One is a line from Perry at the Daily Planet saying that no one buys papers, period. And I'm like, damn, even in the DC universe, journalism is a failing industry. Why are all of Lawrence Fishburne lines just headlines? (laughs) They are. Even the lines that aren't supposed to be a headline are just headlines. headlines. Yeah. He's a dick in this movie. Like, all he does is just, like, bother Clark. Zach Snyder hates Superman and ruined the characters that they created in Man of Steel, even though didn't he do He Man did of Man Steel? of Steel. He fucked them He's over. He's like, I'm going to make the Daily Planet a, a miserable place to work. If he'd done a Man of Steel 2, it would have been like the Daily Planet's trying to unionize, but Perry's like a super anti-union manager, so everybody gets fired and Lois Lane has to like start doing like YouTube that vlogs to make funny. money. Um, yeah, no, it's not good. Also, like, they had a traumatic thing that they all went through as a team, and now they're just, like... They're good. Yeah, really hated Lawrence Fishburne's writing. Yeah, 
Perry's like, don't talk about it, guys. We've we've moved on, and you all need to move on. It seemed like he was doing an impression of J. Jonah Jameson. Yeah. Like, that's not, I feel like that's not who this guy is. He's like, headline, because that's what J. Jonah Jameson, J, whatever, you get it, Triple J does. Yeah. Yeah, headline, and read something off, and shut up. And like <laughs> man, like Manning, just kidding. You're hired. Spider Man does this. It's like no, we don't do that here. Also, the Danny Daily Planet canonically loves Superman. Yeah, like, and I mean they they address that. Like they have Batman say something about that being like, well, every time that your right. your guy like saves a cat from a tree, they write a puff piece about it. I'm do like, I not own this paper? Yeah, like, <laughs> that was I, a <laughs> that was good. I I don't know if I've really gotten there, but I do. I love that exchange. That's one of my favorite scenes in the movie. And that's actually one of the parts that I like Lex in, even though he's not being intimidating. Um, I just, I enjoy it. And the, the, the Lex introducing Bruce and Clark. Uh-huh. Yeah. I think yeah. that's probably oh, brought, firm, firm handshake. You probably heard it. Cause that's our beginning clip. Oh yeah. And now the other line that I want to highlight, and this is not something that a person would ever say in real life is take a bucket of piss and call it Granny's Peach Tea. Is that Holly Hunter's line? Yeah. And, you know, like, look, man, like I like Holly Hunter in this movie, but, like, damn, like, that line did not do her service at all. Like, do not make her say something like that. There's no way to deliver it naturally, and it's just set up. It's just, like, weird, clunky setup for this punchline later, and I'm like... You couldn't figure out another way to do this? This movie was written backwards. It was like, we want this Martha thing to happen, so now we have to put it in earlier. We want this, like, tea thing to happen, so we have to set it up earlier. Like, we want this wheelchair bit to happen, so we have to set it up earlier. Like... They... They... Look, I don't... I've never claimed to be a writer, but, like... Surely there is something that they could have eliminated and just streamlined the conspiracy here, right? Like the tea thing didn't need to happen. She knew that he wasn't there. Right. That, they could have showed us that scene in a way where she has the dawning realization without having a mason jar full of pee on her desk. Right. But that's all I have to say about that. <sighs> um, I know I've done my my fair share of Ben bat bashing but i do (laughs) say that five times fast i do have another question another b the butt nudity did ben (laughs) demand contractual it felt like it It, because it didn't add anything we literally had him taking a shower as butt shot was that in the theatrical release or was that bonus for us that would have been hilarious if that got added into the ultimate edition I mean, it could have been. Well, what a time waste if it's in the theatrical one. Ben Affleck's like, guys, look, I got ripped for this movie, and if I can't show my ass, I quit. It's in my contract. I mean, they they take multiple times to show him, like, not wearing a shirt, working out. It's we true. don't need that montage either. Nope. He's Absolutely already not. supposed to be fit because he's supposed to be active Batman. Yeah, there's a meme about this being like, in order to prepare to fight like, the strongest individual on Earth, Bruce Wayne, does push-ups. Like, I would have trimmed that bit for time. Absolutely agree. Forgot about that. Very you forgot funny. about the butt nudity? I forgot about the butt nudity. I, that, that is, I think, 
PG-13 levels of nudity, but I did forget that the Ultimate Edition is technically rated R, which I find interesting. Oh, it's the same thing. It's the same thing that they did with Justice League. There's there's multiple f bombs, which is probably enough. Oh, I I don't really notice that. So, well, I like only noticed like a couple because I was like, oh, like I wonder, like I don't know if there were any in the theatrical version. Um, and so I I briefly talked about the Bruce meeting Clark scene, and that also coincides with our first sighting of Diana Prince Prince, Prince. Is the last name yeah. Wonder Woman herself just chilling at the party. Yeah, I mean, this is another thing that should be really cool, but is clunky. Like her, the way they are, she is introduced is odd. Yeah. And the the reason that she's there is very contrived. It's that he has a picture of her. That, look, like, I don't mean to get ahead of myself, but yeah, like, if they just didn't do the fucking... Lex Luthor has a Google Drive folder with little icons for all of the superheroes that, hey guys, they're going to be in the Justice League in a couple of years. Here's their trailers. Like, what? But in this scene alone... I actually do, don't actually mind that. And I, I don't mind him having the picture. I mind that that's her like sole purpose in this movie is to retrieve a now a digital picture. Like You're not getting that back. It's digital. It's not so an everyone, NFT. Everyone knows that Lex doesn't have backups. It's not an NFT. <laughs> it is quite fungible. It's quite fungible, Diana. Yeah, that's a shame. I just think that there was a room for a better introduction to her character in this movie, and the fact that they like kind of shoehorned it into revolving around this picture was a waste. But like, I think like it's a good hint for her movie. Totally, but like, her screen presence in this movie is cool. Like, obviously, she's like supposed to just be presented as like this mysterious person right. at this party, and like we know that she's like obviously rich because she like gets into the sports car and leaves. But yeah, I I don't know, I don't I still don't even really know if this was like the best place to introduce the character. Like, I guess it was. Like, I I don't know like. I'm imagining, like, what the Wonder Woman movie would have been like if she hadn't been, like, introduced here first. Like, if that would have made a difference at all. I mean, I think it worked in the sense that they were definitely trying to build rapport between her and Batman, Bruce Wayne. And, like, they carry that through in Justice League, for better or worse. Like, I don't have a strong feeling on the romance that they're trying to start there. Um... So, like, in that sense, like, for what they were trying to do, I think that made sense to introduce her in this movie. And then, like, for her to fight with them, I guess. But I... And I don't have a good suggestion here on, like, what would have been a better reason. But I'm sure people paid to do this could have come up with one. You certainly would hope so. They are making a shitload of money off of it. I also think that... I mean, I could say this about a million movies, but it would have been really crazy if they hadn't put her in the trailers... For this? Yeah, that would have been more fun. But they put, like, everything that involved her in it, which was a shame. I, I had forgotten, actually, just how spoilery the second trailer for this movie was. Because I had not seen it when I originally saw the movie. I've gone back and watched it since then. And, like, I cannot believe it. They put virtually every plot point into it. And the end of the trailer has Lex, like, revealing Doomsday. Like, oh, in yeah. the trailer, I'm like... 
you could have at least that was the shittiest part of the movie. You could have at least left that as the twist. At least there'd be something to reveal. But yeah, anyhow. and I, I guess her story is also that she has been retired for a long time. She's like given up. Yeah, we can tell now. Like that's yeah. But I don't first... think that's consistent. Definitely not with Wonder Woman two. Well, <laughs> we we don't we don't talk about Wonder Woman two. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was consistent with the first movie, but definitely not. They kind of like retconned that. But this was like supposed to be her first time like engaging with humanity like in that way in like almost a hundred years. So. Yeah, and I don't know if that like came across as well as they could have. I don't know if they had planned that part yet. I'm gonna be honest with well, you. Well, just like her making the decision to help out, like I don't know. I think they maybe could have done a little bit more on that. Yeah, um, I agree. I her stuff is probably like the thing I find least upsetting about yeah, the movie no, and like the writing, because um, I do think it's hard to introduce a character like that when like she's about to get her own movie. Like, we had the same problem with Captain Marvel being, like, introduced in, what was it, Infinity War or Endgame? It was the post credit scene in Infinity War. Yeah, before her movie came out, and it was, like, weird. Yeah, but she wasn't even in it. Like, it was that was just, like, the pager, like, no, with her symbol on no, it. That was the, the, what was shot before her movie? That was Endgame, right? They shot the stuff that she did in Endgame before and before Captain Marvel. Oh, yeah, I think you're right. And it was like weird. Yeah, like it, was it didn't weird. work very well because they hadn't done her movie yeah, yet. Yeah, totally. even though it came out like I think reverse, it just was kind of clunky her being introduced in Endgame. Definitely. It's like the antithesis of uh, Spider-Man being introduced like in Civil War and then having his own movie. Yeah. Even though like that could have come off as extremely clunky. I guess it that you know, works really well. It, yeah. It's surprisingly well. But I think well. for the most part it does. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Now, I don't know exactly what prompted this note. It must have been like a conversation that he had. It was either with Lois or his mom, but it was just like I find that the the movie poses all of these philosophical questions about Superman's nature and his position within or above humanity. I all I find that all very interesting, and once again, I really wish that they had done another solo movie because I think giving these themes a bit more room to breathe when it's not crammed in with this plot about him fighting Batman, having to explain all of Batman stuff. There's a lot to delve into there because it's like clearly this huge internal struggle for Superman, and if we had gotten like a more contemplative movie where he is like dealing with all of this while fighting. Obviously, there would still have to be some sort of bad guy. I think that would have been just really interesting. I think there's a lot of good material there that Zack Snyder clearly wanted to explore, even if it would have been, like, super dour and depressing. What do you think about them basically, though, arguing the same exact thing about each other? Clark says, "You like, oh, what do you think of the Batman? Like, he doesn't answer to anyone and can do his own thing. And then Batman's saying... Oh well, Superman doesn't answer to anybody because he's a god, and we have to do something about it. They have the exact same argument, and their moms have the same name, so therefore they now are on the same team. But I, I don't even buy the fight because they're saying they're arguing the same exact point, and I think they built 
Batman Bruce's point better than they did Clark's. Like oh, Clark's absolutely. was just like I have to have a reason to dislike Batman. Clark's reason for fighting him was dumb, like, and it didn't make sense. Like, like Superman should, doesn't care like about individuals. It should not concern him. Like, I think where Bruce is coming from is much more valid because in his eyes, like this, like Superman is not human, so he doesn't like he doesn't have like the same. Right, like, like, Batman can answer to you, Superman. Right, like, <laughs> Batman is just, like, a guy. Like, he's a vigilante, but he's just a dude. Like, he's a rich dude, but he's still a dude. So, like, it's not it's not the same. And also, yeah, like, I don't know where... there. There's no reason for Clark to be on this high horse about vigilantes. He hangs out with superheroes all the time. Like, that's his whole thing. He, he's in the fucking Justice League. They're all vigilantes. And, like, well, nine, not yet. I, but eventually... Right. And, like, yeah, I know. It's just, I totally agree that... They, I felt like they did do a really good job of building up why Bruce has this animosity. But for Clark, it's just like everyone's telling him that, like, doing like this like world peacekeeping is like not his responsibility. And now he's mad at Batman for like being like able to get away with it, kind of in Gotham. I don't know. Like that really falls short. And like before you know it, they're like, you have Superman attacking Batman and being like stop being Batman. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? And then I think when they get to their actual fight, like that's not why Superman's fighting Batman. He's fighting him because Batman's fighting him. And he is like, well, he does have my mom, but I don't think he was ever going to like try and kill Batman just because Lex told him to. No way. Like, I, I think he was about to like talk to him about it. And then, like, Batman's just too upset. <laughs> um, that's right. when he's, like, at least in control. Um, back to the earlier point. But, um, I, yeah, I don't know. Like, it's just... Again, like you said, we're at the movie backwards. Hey, guys, we have to have them fight. That's going to be, like, the big thing. So we already named the movie. <laughs> Ugh, yeah. And on this, I'll just say it now, even though I'm jumping ahead, like, by, like, two notes. It's just... Superman coming after Batman and then Batman saying, do you bleed? Do you bleed? You will. Why? Why did we have that line? It was so bad. It was so dumb. I, I said, hated I it. I swear that line was written for the trailer. I hated it, had it to be so much. And then they do like this shitty callback to it in Justice League. You remember that? Kind of. I think they took it out of Zack Snyder's version because it was that fucking stupid. Oh my gosh. And I was like, Bad delivery by Ben. Bad, bad line. Bad, 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 like, bad. Just swatting David S. Goyer being like, dude, also, how, you mean how much use, fucking money? He didn't use that voice any other time he was Batman. Is that true? They we have see, a voice Yeah, because we see Alfred working on it. But that line was specifically different. Yeah. That yeah. was like him doing a Christian Bale impersonation. Yeah, that sucked. Uh, bad. Quite bad. I do think I like the Batmobile in this movie. Um, we get like a, it's like a bit of a tank race car crossover. Kind of cool. I don't even really remember what it looks like. It's got too many guns on it for Batman, but I yeah. guess that's what he's doing these days. Um, also, we have like our first nightmare sequence. Yeah, that's what I skipped over that I wanted to get back to, like all the dystopian dream stuff. Yeah. So this is like a, this is a, an interesting thing to me because. Well, I guess, sorry, he technically had some earlier with, like, the grave, and, like, there have been other, right. like, weird dreams. But this is, like, a very this long specific, sequence. Yeah. So, 
I like the idea of this. And I remember when it was in the trailer and it was very intriguing being like, oh, like, why is Batman in the desert and why is he wearing a trench coat? Oh, he's got a gun. And there's all these, the uh, parademons that show up in Justice League. Why are they there? And it's a weird interlude that is kind of just like dropped into a random part of the movie. But it it's like a fun break, I guess. And it's like a cool glimpse into this alt universe, but it, you know, it just, it's also very Mad Max. I get a lot of Mad Max vibes from this one, but, um, it's just like really a bummer now knowing that it doesn't amount to anything because even though it's incredibly clunky and out of place setup that makes age of Ultron look like a perfect movie, the, the uh, idea was very like appealing to me because I knew where they were headed with it. It's based on the injustice universe with like Superman becoming evil. And like that concept I think is very intriguing, but it just never got anywhere. Well, I mean, it does justice league picks up that thread with right. the end of justice league, but we, we still never like got to see it like come to fruition. Well, and it's, it's placed as a dream, and then immediately after this quote-unquote dream, we get, we get as I guess that's Ezra Miller as the Flash, and they look very weird. Yeah. It doesn't look like them. I mean, yeah, they have, like, this face shield on, which is also, like, what they had in Justice League, because also then, like, that was when they weren't on set because they were doing Fantastic Beasts, and also just covered in, like, CGI effects. Like, yeah, there's... It's hard to tell. Anyway, and but it's right after the dream, and I'm like, is this also part of the dream? Well, I thought that was cool, because they do a thing where it's like, yeah, like, Bruce Wayne, like, wakes up off his desk, and he's like, oh, shit, because, you know, he just got, I don't know what, what Superman did, it ripped his heart out of his chest or something. Yeah. Yeah, and then have this moment, which everyone is like, well, what the fuck is going on? Because, like, at this point, like, when the movie was released... Like, I don't think Ezra Miller had been cast. I don't know if there well, was... Well, yeah, because there's a oh, surveillance well, clip. Well, people, I don't think people knew. Okay, like, well... It wasn't... Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, it wasn't, like, publicized that any of this would be in there. Or maybe, like, people thought that they would have, like, the cameos setting up Justice League, but obviously, like, not whatever this was. So then doing that and then having Bruce Wayne wake up again, but you see, like, the papers fluttering from where the Flash, like, disappeared, I thought that was really cool. Yeah, um, and but the I and I like the oh, am I too early? Yeah. Oh no, like follow your gut. But then it's like, but that's not what happens. Well, it's I guess like what they're implying is like we still we don't know. Like in whatever alt universe this was, like whatever happened, like that, whatever caused that event still never happened in Justice League. This was still set up for something else that involved Lois getting killed, and we just never saw it. No, I think it's the same as Justice League. What makes you think it's different? It, it has to be different, because, like, Superman, like, never, like, goes that bad in Justice League. No, that, I'm pretty sure that's what the end is. when they're, In Justice League? Yes. But that's, but that's still, like, the alt-universe that's continuing from this, but we that's never... That's what I mean. Yeah, but I'm saying we never see... Like what sets off that alt universe? Oh, because Lois like, never dies. Because we don't, yeah, like we don't see the reason why Flash has to do that. Right, right. So that's what I'm saying. Like I don't know what the plan was because I know that there was supposed to be a second Justice League movie, and this would have been a lot of ground to cover. So this could have been a very long 
plan for the future that we never got to see. I think the only reason they did this was so that you could actually see Superman using all of his powers. <laughs> yeah, probably. Okay, so now um, trying to move along here, we get the plot with, is it Wally? That's what I said earlier. Yeah, but, it's Wally. Okay. And so he was like crushed, lost his legs, and Bruce has been trying to like send him like compensation checks, and he's been returning them with like angry things on them. What is the reason that he's upset with Bruce Wayne? I think it's Lex has been manipulating him. But this has been going on for months. I still, I think it, I think we're supposed to think that Lex has gotten to him and is manipulating him. But like and Lex like, doesn't meet him until like this movie. Well, I think. And he bails him out of jail. I think it was, I, I feel like we're supposed to imply that like Lex is behind that somehow. Like Lex is intercepting those checks because he knows this, he knows that this guy was like a victim of Superman and is trying to like isolate him and put him in a position where he can be the one to come in and be like, Hey, I'm going to help you and then get him to do and this like thing. makes Bruce feel like he's responsible. Yeah. Okay, I think it's just fine. another cog in the <laughs> giant machine that Lex is building. And so then his, and so I, I do get like Lex is like manipulating him and then, like, it is kind of a plot twist that he didn't plan to do the bomb. But then I feel like we kind of just leave that whole bomb plot. Well, I mean, I don't... I think that that's just kind of the end of it. Yeah. I mean, we... It didn't, It like, just seemed like a lot of setup. And it, then it was. we moved was on just, so quickly. Yeah, we did. Again, like, the movie just had too much... It, there was not enough time in the world for it to be able to cover all of its plot points. But, um... I mean, I was, I thought the, uh, the Senate scene was pretty, pretty effective, like in, in this, especially cause like I knew what was coming and like, I don't know, just like all the build up to it, even though I was complaining about like the peach tea thing, I really loved it. I mean, it was brutal that Lex leaves his like assistant. I know. I feel like that was like his most like villainous moment. Yeah. That was a good Lex. She's like moment. at his side, like the entire movie is clearly like in charge of a lot. But I feel like it's just like to make it believable or something like, oh, right. like, well, Lex wouldn't have done that because like his second in command was sitting right there. And so then this, of course, makes Clark spiral. Mm -hmm. And another confusing thing that goes against all of what we learned in Man of Steel was he says a line along the lines of, I'm just living a farmer's dream from Kansas. Like, implying that he's just doing, like, only what his dad dreamed of. And his dad didn't have big dreams because he's just a guy from Kansas. His dad specifically didn't want him to be Superman. Like, didn't want him to have that responsibility. Actively discouraged him from doing this. And now we're being told that he's living his dad's Kansas dream? No, thank you. He didn't die in a avoidable tornado accident for this very upset yeah stupid just kind of dumped on man of steel there yeah I mean, Zack snyder and this is written and directed by the same people and yet is morally and ethically opposed to everything that it set up for superman why do you hate superman look i could hmm warner brothers made 
such a bad choice picking Zack Snyder to be the director, picking David Escoyer to be the writer for these movies. Like, they fucked up this entire universe from the start. I know people love Zack Snyder, so I'm very sorry if you are a fan of his. But, like, for Superman especially, he was the wrong choice. In a, a universe of this tone, this has... It, it was... Uh, severe miscalculation right. bring him on for batman bring him on for justice league even yeah, but, but not not this not this or have like contrib like have what would have been kind of interesting is if they had literally somebody directing for superman and somebody directing for batman and showing like complete clashes of visual visual styles of them like anytime you see like superman interacting with the world it looks very different than the way batman's interacting with the world and that could have been really jesus interesting. christ that would be not having like two completely no, separate but directors but that like would be like that that would probably be a mess but also like that would be really cool i i yeah that would be that would be awesome and like subtle like differences that like would make sense in a movie but like i think that and they at minimum should have had like different people writing those characters instead of the same person being like a sad jaded boy the whole time writing for both of them. Yeah. Agreed. <laughs> well, so I know I already bitched about the meta human file folder um, earlier, so I won't expound on that too much, but th- it does come back here. And I think I had already said this in the man of steel episode, maybe because we were talking about it a bit. Um, this should have been a post credit scene. I don't care in what movie, but it should have been relegated to a post-credit scene because to me, the worst part about this whole plot was that we are on the cusp of the big BVS fight, the the title card event that we're all here for. And instead we get a scene of Wonder Woman sitting in her fucking kitchen watching security oh, camera clips. Hacky. To, to go somewhere. And then gets on a plane and right. still sees the news. But like... We're watching like trailers right. for all of these characters. No, like, it would have this is totally so unnecessary. That like Bruce Wayne still could have been watching them at the as a post credit scene. Yeah, like that is prime post credit scene material, people. Or he could have like sent it to her or something. And it's just it's so much. It it goes on for so long. And I'm like, I get what they're doing, but like, my God, man. Like, I think it would have been this is now, I'm, I'm coming back to the Wonder Woman plot. I think it would have been more interesting instead of her one, like, looking for this picture. Like, have some other reason to be at the Lex Luthor thing. Like, maybe she's literally, like, there for her job. And she she already, I in my hand, and this is my writing of it, already knows that Bruce Wayne is Batman for some reason. Because she's, like, smart. And she keeps an eye on things. Um and is talking to Bruce and asking him questions and like they're having this like engaging conversation and getting to this like obligation, wanting to protect a city. And that is weighing on her the whole movie and that it's because of these conversations back and forth with Bruce Wayne that she feels obligated to do something, not because there were other people like her. Or yeah, whatever. Like, I don't, I don't even know what that, why that's there then. I don't know. But yes. Like, him being like, have... it's you in the picture. Or wait, is that at the end? No, that's at this no, part, too. No, that's at this part, too. Yeah, like. Which is ridiculous. And, or even, like, Bruce thinking that he knows her from somewhere. And, like, maybe he remembers, like, a thing about Wonder Woman. Like, I don't know. Something else. Just, yeah. I just really 
thought this was like terrible. I don't, I don't know who came up with the idea of just like let's have Wonder. <laughs> this is a Wonder Woman reaction video to to superheroes. Like that's what this is, and it's so goofy. Also, I'm imagining like Bruce typing the email that he sends to Diana with the picture. He's like, "It isn't you." Enter, 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 enter. Copies picture. It is you. Like, I don't. And then, of course, they play the Wonder Woman music again. I like some of the times that they do the Wonder Woman music. When she actually comes into fight, it's just like it's on repeat. That's what you sure Molly said. She was like, "Does this is this just looping?" Like, is it like yeah. and I was like, "Okay, we get it, we get it." I gotta say though, I I like this theme and I like the opening two seconds that they put on repeat way better than what they insisted on using in Zack Snyder's Justice League. Every time that she was on screen, they had like just some chorus going. Like that was she, for Aquaman, I thought. No, it's for Wonder Woman, and they do it so I don't like that. much. Like, the, and of course, by the end of the four-hour movie, I was like, Jesus he Christ. He loves to give everyone a theme song. Yeah, I mean... The other whatever. thing I noticed in this, in terms of a Zack Snyder thing, he loves a cutaway to a completely different scene. Yep. Like, we had that so many times. I was like, okay... <laughs> All right, we're, this is what you're talking about earlier with like the ping pong game is like, okay, someone's turning to look at someone. <gasps> Where did you see them? Yeah. I'm like, okay, just, can we just finish? Can we finish <laughs> no, we cannot. Uh, okay, we are we are at the fight. Okay, some of us are almost at the fight. Uh, some of us, we are almost at the fight. Does Batman really think that Superman had anything to do with that bombing? Like genuinely. No. I don't think so. I don't okay. think I don't think he does. That's more about public opinion to fuck with Superman. Yeah, I don't think that affected what Bruce was going to do. I you know, whether that caused any like cognitive dissonance or not, I think he had he was already coming after Superman and that really had no bearing on it whatsoever. And then Lex Luthor has a speech. I don't know if this is too Superman but it's too on the nose, whatever it is. He's like giving a bad guy speech and it's just like, he's saying all of the things that we're supposed to be understanding. Oh, well, yeah, that's when he's, well, that's when he reveals that he's taken Martha hostage, right? I think so. I didn't he has say like, what it was, but I said it's too on the nose. I think that must've been it because he has Superman there and he's- He's like, you're a paragon of good and like- Yeah, I it's just like doing, oh uh, yeah, yeah, man, just like, we didn't need to do this. We, we- we know what he's oh, been up to. He literally says, we have darkness and the like light, yeah. like fighting. And I was like, we get it. Like, Again, like to me, that was another trailer line. He's like, the the greatest gladiator match in the yes. history of the world. I'm like, two oh, on the nose. Stop, just shut up. Um, yeah, I don't, whatever. <laughs> so okay. now, yes, I'm, I'm at their fight. Yeah, so we get here, and I'm like, Bruce obviously thinks he's such hot shit, you know, through this whole fight. He's, like, got this, like, grin on his face because he's just, like, ramping it up until he, he breaks out the the ace in the hole, which is, of course, the various forms of kryptonite that he has on hand. Um, I think the kryptonite, like, exploding arrow thing, I think that's, like, straight from the comics. I don't mind that. No, no, I think, I actually think that, like, they did a good job with this fight. Because, like, that's always been, like, a meme about Batman being able to beat anybody if he has, like, the time and planning. But they 
managed to do a good job of being like, I can believe that with his tactics and what he has on hand, he can hold his own against Superman in this scenario. Right. And I liked that we get the green kryptonite because was it in Man of Steel that I was saying that it didn't they like didn't have a corny looking green kryptonite? Was it in that? I mean, it must have been. I said I it forget, recently. Though. Yeah. But yeah, no, they, they it's very faithful and traditional. And yeah, I mean, you know, I'm just like, guys, can we just talk this out first? Right. Just tell him that he took your mommy and that you can you'd love to fight him later. But right now. You gotta yeah, get your just mom sneak back. in. You can sneak in between. Just like, bro, chill, bro. <laughs> or just start yelling, Martha. As soon as he gets punched the first time, just be like, Martha. <laughs> Could have avoided all of this. Um, I'm surprised that you don't have an issue with this chunky fighting Batman. Well, any issues that I have with uh, exosuit chunky Batman is alleviated by the scene that he has when he's rescuing Martha. So, yeah, if he fought like this the whole movie, if he fought like this out of this suit, I would be like, yo, what the fuck is he doing? But no, he's like in a what presumably weighs a ton and I guess is like lined with kryptonite or something. He looks like he's one of Tony's Iron Men. Yes, he does. It was one of the the big ones from the Iron Legion. And this is also like right out of the comic that I mentioned earlier. Like, he has, like, this huge, chunky suit that he's fighting in all the time. Somebody said, we gotta do this scene. And then they're like, okay, we'll do this scene. Yep. Like, I didn't know what this suit was or what it could do. Yeah, they did a really bad job of explaining it. Because, like, I... Like, have Alfred talk about it. Because my understanding is that it is infused with kryptonite in some way, and it also makes him stronger. Because when he blocks that punch from Superman, I'm like, I don't care, like, how weakened Superman has already been by the kryptonite. If he, like, tried to block a Superman punch with just his arm in his regular suit, like, that shit is getting broken into a million pieces. But, yeah, no, I, I liked this. And it's all it's all good, you know? It's a pretty visceral fight scene. Of course, it's night, and of course, it's rainy, because it has to be. Um... And then we uh, we get to the, the climax of the fight. And I think, for me, uh, that the end of this fight, or maybe the end of the fight with Batman in the warehouse is the part where I started to really tune out of the movie. <laughs> but, you know, the whole Martha thing has been memed to hell and back. It's just so stupid. It's very stupid. And what makes it worse is, like, I get what they were trying to do. I really do. They were trying to, like, instill this humanity of Superman in Bruce Wayne that he hadn't experienced firsthand, right? I get it. Yes. It's like, yeah, he grew up here. He has parents. He has lost a parent. He doesn't want to lose other parents. Everyone can relate to that. But, like... And I don't (laughs) even mind Lois Lane being the conduit for that, like... Between the two worlds, like, I understand Superman like nobody else does, and I'm also a human and can reach out to you, but has she even ever talked to him before? Does she even know who Batman is? Like, I don't think so. I mean, she probably knows who Batman is, but, like, I don't... Like, I get that she's supposed to be, like, the world's greatest reporter, and she's, like, off really busy, like, with her bullet, but, like, (laughs) I'm wondering if it would have been more interesting for... 
which I know we needed the Clark and Bruce scene, but if it would have been more interesting for her to be there reporting on the story about Batman and talking to Bruce Wayne, and therefore she knows him already, and they've they've had conversations about like these greater ideas about like uh, yeah i totally agree like lois is running around doing like this like tertiary plot shit like bring her into the core story and then for her to say what i was basically saying earlier that like what you're asking for is like what you're criticizing him of like or what you're doing is like what you're criticizing superman of like even if it's like not exactly the same thing, like having her be more of the conduit between them because she's like very in this fight, classic Lois <laughs> um, in every iteration of Superman. Um, but like have her have stakes in their plot because like they do this whole like, you know, we, Clark and I, we keep everything so separate, like what he's working on, what I'm working on. And I don't want him to know because he's overprotective, but like, be writing a story together or like whatever, because we know that Clark's bad at his job. <laughs> he needs he to has, learn from. He has Lois. no qualifications. He really shouldn't be working there. In fact, and I just, in general, during this movie, I keep forgetting what the goal is. I don't know what Lex's goal is, other than like I guess just chaos. But I think, at least in the original series, and he, that Lex Luthor is like silly. But his goal is to always be making more money and to be, like, more gathering power. And this, like, goal of, well, one, them fighting, okay, to what end? And then him bringing up the Zod, like, guy, again, to what end? Like, you're just destroying the city. Like, you should have a a purpose. They could have, I guess, well, that's what, so, if I remember correctly... Uh, Kevin Spacey, Lex Luthor, his whole thing was, like, real estate, right? Wasn't that his bit? Wasn't he trying to get rich off of, like, property? Yeah. So I, for, I was it, like, Kevin Spacey? Who are you talking I thought you meant, um, what's his name? Who plays the original Gene one? Hackman? Gene Hackman. No, not yeah. Gene. I don't remember Gene Hackman's plot. But, like, <laughs> they could have just, like, shoehorned in some dumb shit being like, yeah, I'm going to unleash Doom Day so he blows up Metropolis and then I get to rebuild all of it and get all right. the contracts. Yeah. And have him have any even if it's a dumb reason and irrational have him have a reason to dislike superman other than him just being superman yeah i don't or not at all like i don't even know if he dislikes superman yeah Uh, i don't and so that Mm. part is not jesse eisenberg's fault like i think that they could have made the jesse eisenberg version work better but they didn't write a very good Lex Luthor. Yeah. And Lex Luthor is such a cool bad guy. I know. They really dropped the ball. So, you know, this is like, basically, the Martha thing means that the movie, like, fails to satisfactorily deliver its Batman v point. Superman. So, like, they fuck that up. And you're like, I get it. Like, I see what they're trying to do here. And then we get this great scene where, you know, Bruce Wayne turns on a complete dime after Lois Lane stops him from after two just, seconds away from killing him. And he's like, why a are you word? Saying that okay, name? I'm going to go save your mom. Why are you saying that name? Why did you say that name? <laughs> why? <laughs> uh, we, get, we do get a great scene, probably the best fight scene in the movie, in my opinion, where he goes to rescue Martha. Really cool. He has his bat plane. He's being helped by Alfred. Diane Lane always delivering. Doing a great job. Note. Yes. And he gets 
the the fighting in this is really cool. It reminds me of the Batman Arkham video games. He's just like zipping all over the place. He's like slamming guys into the wall. It's great. Love the fight choreography. That is the last part of this movie that I enjoy. Yeah, no, don't care about the fight with this like fake Zad. And they like purposely do it on like a place where there are no stakes. They're like, oh, well, don't worry. There's nobody on this island so we can fight him and only Superman could possibly die. And one of the my pet peeves as, um, I guess, the resident feminist is that they have a line where they both look at Wonder Woman and they're like, I thought she was with you. No, she. I thought she was with you. And they just refer to her as she right in front of them. And she's like, I'm ready to fight, boys. I'm like, this is so dumb. It was extremely Like, stupid. this was written by a fucking man. Of course it was. <laughs> Ugh. Yeah, okay. So, like, it really... Why does she need to be with either of you bozos? Sorry, that was my... I wrote bozos I'm in not... my note. <laughs> 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 you fucking, fucking clowns. Um, I mean, I guess that's, like, the point is, like, she's not, but, like, it was stupid. I, it really bothers me to only refer to a woman as she. she yeah. Um, it, while, while she she's there, is right yeah. Like, do you hear what she's saying right now? She's right. <laughs> yes, like that. So, to me, like, yeah, we, we get this great fight scene in the warehouse. We have a line from a different movie where Batman's like, I'm a friend of your son's. You're not friends. You just became not mortal enemies can we can we pump the fucking brakes i thought that was a fine line it was fun it was but a like, joke. it came out of a different movie but in any case like if i'm looking at this movie on a graph it's been like above the 50 percent mark you know it's been wavering a little bit and then as soon as that's done it goes off a cliff and the rest of it is dumb as shit i didn't have another line no i pretty much note. i pretty much gave up on notes so, but my biggest qualms here are one, Doomsday gets released by Lex, and it's like he like you keep saying Doomsday. Is that that's, the Zod? They never call guy, him that. that. Yeah, the it's the Zod guy. One in, Ju- in Justice League because we Zod- also see him. Yeah, no, it's the Zod guy. They never call him that. They're like, it's your Doomsday, but it's the character okay. in the comics name is Doomsday. Um, so he gets released. To what end? We don't know, and in what I perceive to be the span of about five minutes, they decided to fire a nuke at it. Okay. Right. Sure. You know, it's unkillable. Fuck it. Whatever. Send the nuke up into space. And again, this is straight out of the comics. So Zack Snyder or David Goyer is so intent on like following like what the Batman versus Superman comic did where they have to get Superman gets nuked. But like the whole thing with Superman getting nuked in the comic is he's like on the brink of death afterward. This did not happen with this Superman. Well, yeah, you see him slowly, like, reforming. Yeah, he seems to be... No, well, like, well, he he does look like he's on the yeah, brink of death, but he's and like, then he's, like, healing up in space. Yeah, but, I, well, if I'm remembering correctly, he, like, dies from that in the comic. Like, the nuke kills him. I don't know. I think that would be lackluster if the nuke killed him. So, yeah. But, I don't know, it's just, like, we're, we're fighting this big guy now, the stakes of the entire movie that we've been told about, like this ethical dilemma between the two of them has been thrown out the window. Right. It doesn't matter. And now it's like a big spectacle. And also Wonder Woman is here. 
Right. And I'm like, I just, I do not care. Right. She has no reason to be there. Like, we didn't know that there was this internal strife happening with her. Right. Um, I mean, I don't mind the nuke thing and then them realizing that, like, oh, what we do to it is just making it more powerful. I mean, that was, the realization was I thought that was, was cool. all fine. Um, I just, there was no need to have this fight. Yeah. And, like, quite- or, Like, fine. Jesse Eisenberg has a backup plan since, like, it didn't work, the Batman v Superman. But what is his ultimate plan? Right. Like, if they had tied that in somehow, it would have been a bit more satisfying. Because just doing it for the sake of chaos is the Joker's thing. Right. Lex yeah. Luthor has an angle. Like, that's what we want out of Lex Luthor is to be angling for something right. at all times. He's doing something as a means to an end, not just for the sake of doing it. And also, like, I think I've, I've probably said this a bunch because it was, like, my greatest fear instilled about what Marvel would have done in Captain America Civil War and what they came very close to doing, which is setting up, like, this whole conflict and then having them kiss and make up and then fight the big bad guy at the end of the movie. They almost did that in Civil War because the the studio is like, oh, we don't want them to actually fight. Just have them team up and fight all the other Winter Soldiers. And they were like, no, because that would just be sacrificing what we've done in the first 90% of the movie. Well, and, I'm uh, glad they didn't have anyone kill each other. Yes. Because you can't come back from well, that. Well, do you mean in, in this or in Civil War? In Civil War. Well, they were never going to... Like, yeah, that wasn't on the no, table. No, I mean, like, the fact that they were fighting each other. Yeah, but they were never going to have someone kill the other person. Right. It was just, like, they wanted to follow through on, like, the tension and the, the clashing characters. Um, and I don't know, like, what the movie would have ended like if Doomsday, like, wasn't part of it. But it's just, like, it means nothing, and it really pissed me off that like they killed Superman here because it was, he's dying to a, a character that we don't really care about that. We was, we got introduced to 15 minutes ago and it basically just like puts the rest of the movie. Like it doesn't matter because now he's fucking dead. I, that's the one thing that like, I cannot believe that when they pitched the first Batman Superman crossover movie that was setting up, Justice League? Like, you know, it's a good idea. Right. <laughs> Let's fucking kill Superman in his second appearance in this universe. Like, again, if they want to have them be on different sides, have them fight in this, but they resolve it enough to fight the bigger bad, and then them still having tension that they have not yet resolved, and that's a platform for another movie. Because what's even worse is that they didn't actually kill Superman. They immediately bring him back. Yep. Yep. They, it's, it has, well, I mean, like, and they spent a lot of Justice League dealing with it, but, like, to me, it was just, like, Zack Snyder was going to do Justice League this whole time. Like, that was the original plan. With was Superman. For, so I'm like, why did you do this? I don't know if anybody that listens has played the game Mass Effect, but they do this in Mass Effect 2. They kill the main character... And then bring him back. And it's kind of, everyone's just like, damn, man, like, I thought you were dead. And, like, he, like, has to work with the people that, like, brought him back. But, like, it has, like, you didn't need to do that. You didn't need to kill him. Seriously debilitate, maybe, put in, like, a difficult situation as as the end of the movie. But, like, we could have gone forth with the dynamic that they had, still forming a Justice League, even though they have, like, opposing worldviews. Like, that's okay. That's how the characters work. Yeah. It just, it boggles the mind. 
The only thing that I did feel at the end of this movie was I was genuinely excited for Wonder Woman and Aquaman's movies. Yeah, yeah. I will give them that, and I still think it is crazy that those movies came out so long ago and The Flash is still not out yet. Um, Yeah, increasingly less excited about that, but that's because of the Ezra Miller of it all. Yeah, but no, like, I agree. Like, there was still promise of other stuff in both Wonder Woman and Aquaman came through on that. Those were great movies. Um, so at least there was that. But and Shazam. I, and Shazam, yes. <laughs> um, I don't have like a lot else to say about it, but I did find a quote from the writer of the movie, David S. Goyer, who uh, also did the Blade trilogy, which if you're keeping up with the pod, we just did Blade 2 last week. Um, he did the Dark Knight trilogy, Obviously, he did Man of Steel and a bunch of other stuff. He, back in 2006, was quoted as saying that a Batman versus Superman movie is where you go when you admit to yourself that you've exhausted all possibilities, dot, 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 an admission that this franchise is on its last gasp. Wow. And to me, that is very funny. <laughs> Ten years later, and he, and he makes the movie. Did you have more stuff? Not really. I stopped taking notes towards the end of the movie. I was just kind of, like, checked out. Do you have a favorite scene? Um, my favorite fight scene is the warehouse scene. I know that has also been memed to hell and back. Is like, oh, that's the, like, coolest Batman scene. But it, sue me, I fucking love it. And my other favorite non-fight scene would probably be the little exchange between Clark and Bruce meeting. Yeah, I do like that one. Um, I... <laughs> I don't really have a favorite fight scene. I don't know. I didn't. The first half of the movie, I wasn't like disliking it, but I also wasn't like, oh man, I love that they're doing this. I love that they're doing this. It was more like, okay, this is happening. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think I genuinely liked the opening credit scene though, even though we were like talking about it a lot. I think it was a really nice way to, truncate all of that because again i think it's important even though it's like overdone it was like a really nice way to do it and it was like really beautiful (laughs) it was beautiful like i was i didn't mean to like rag on it for that it was more just like talking about like seeing the origin again but like no it was visually beautiful it didn't like overstay its welcome got also zack snyder got two like very overqualified actors to play (laughs) martha and thomas wayne and I guess I just don't mind another origin story. Yeah. Like, I I complain. I do think it's okay. I think it was a good way to start the movie. I kind of don't think I get that tired of Batman's story. Like yeah. I said earlier, I don't want to rehash everything. But, no, but I Because um, I, I think it's saying. so interesting. So, um, yeah, I would say that was my, my favorite part. Yeah. I will say about that, I, like, forgot again that him, like, being levitated by the bats was, like, part of a dream. Oh, you know, yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. They, they carried me towards the light. So, like, as he, like, started saying that, I was, like, halfway through a note being, like, why is he fucking levitating with the bats? And then I was, like, oh, like, delete, 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 delete. Yeah, that was good. That was good. <laughs> okay, well, um, we will be, the next DC movie we'll be doing is Wonder Woman, so that will be fun. Haven't seen it in a while. Yeah, it's been a minute. Um, and we'll be sprinkling in other movies here and there. Yeah, we're getting back to the MCU with Ant-Man next week, so that'll be a nice tonal shift from this one. And our non-DC Marvel movie is going to be a real treat. 
Uh, yeah, you will not be able to guess it. You will not be able to guess it, but I have really high hopes for it. So stay tuned That's for that. That's a tease. Okay, we are out, out of the, the superverse. Verse. This was Molly V. Griff, the dawn of Into the Superverse. <laughs> <laughs>